Welcome to Between My Uncle and Me, a podcast where my uncle and I discuss topics that impact black people in America. We'll talk about history, religion, politics, and any other topics that I would normally call my uncle and discuss. Thank you for coming here and, and, and joining today uh, as we, you know, uh, launch this this podcast between my uncle and me. And, um, you know, the, the, the title of the, the podcast came from uh, a Ta-Nehisi Coates book uh, between uh, the world and me. And it was a essentially a, a letter to uh, his son in the form of a book where he was giving his son the history of the family and letting his son know what to expect as a black man growing up in America, kind of a guide for what to what to expect and how to conduct himself. And I just thought it was uh, that that book was impactful to me um, as he's one of my favorite authors. And I just thought to myself, you know, I always call you and lean on you for for advice. And um, I, I when I was reading that book, I thought, oh, you know, this is how this is kind of the relationship that I have with my uncle, where mm-hmm. I get, I'm able to reach out to you and get a perspective from, you know, y- your time on this in, in this world, having, be, you know, being my uncle and being older than me. So um, this podcast, I, we, I, I thought, you know, a chance to share some of the discussions that I have with you to a broader audience who may benefit and learn from you the way I do. So wanted to introduce you uh, to the podcast, you know. Sure. Thank you, Alex. And of course, as you know, it's a pleasure. You know, it's a pleasure to uh, to be here with you to attempt to launch this hopefully informational and substantive podcast. And relating to the author, ta Coates, that you had alluded to before where you had enjoyed his book. And I'm happy that by chance um, I had had seen him on cable TV when his book, of course, came out. And naturally, I had uh, mentioned to you about it since I knew that you were someone who was very aware and you were interested in the things that were going around you in this world. And immediately as I remembered it, you went out and you purchased that book. If not that day, definitely the next day. And from that point on, you know, he became one of your favorite authors. And the great thing about it is that myself as an uncle, I could have had the information and the awareness about that author and, uh, and also about, other things that were going on in the world, but I was what I was very impressed about is that you were ready for that information and you took it on independently, purchased that book, read it, loved it, enjoyed it, and went on to purchase a number of other books by that author and other authors. So the beauty about it is that I loved it. I enjoyed your enthusiasm to pursue and obtain the information because as I always say, sometimes I understand everything is two-sided such that I, as an uncle, could have been ready to provide that information. But, of course, 
had you in turn not been not been ready to receive that information yeah. and act upon it that the information that I have would have been limited in terms of how far it would propagate yeah no and um i I think um yes, I read that book, but I think I was introduced to Tanahisi Coates from you sending me an article in the Atlantic called the case for reparations. And that was the article where I read that article and it just like opened, it opened up my mind. They were, everything was firing, you know, all the synapses in my, in my brain were, were, were firing because there were so many things that I learned in that article where, you know, at the time I was probably like 30 and, you know, just four years ago. And I was beside myself wondering, like, how is it that I was 30 years old and learning about some of these things for the first time, where these were like major, um, like, institution-wide practices that affects that affected the lives of so many Black people in this country that had a rippling effect up until today, still um, affected by those, those policies. And just, you know, uh, as an example, the like redlining, for example, something we learned about. In, I mean, maybe they discussed it in school. If, if we did, it was two sentences in a history book. Right. And he just went into in depth in this article about, you know, the case for reparations. So, when a lot of times when people hear reparations, you th- you know it's it's almost as a, a, a made as a joke, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh black people wanting handouts, yeah. uh, black people wanting the you know the government to do everything for them, they're lazy, they want they want reparations, right? Mm-hmm. And this this article was just saying, hey, this is not a crazy idea whatsoever, mm-hmm. given our history in this country, what we did, and just chronologically, you know, from slavery to reconstruction, like you mentioned, to all of these different stages in the history of this place that keep a group of people in a in a lane, in 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 a in a in a subserv I don't want to say subservient position, but oppressed. Yes. Essentially, yes. right? And then, you know, you're told to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, making the individual feel like you're not doing enough. Like you're not doing enough when in turn you, you, you're working. It yeah. almost seems like you're working harder than everybody else. Yes, you're not doing enough. And the reason why you are in your particular economic situation right. is because you're not sufficiently diligent or hardworking yeah. or smart enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think what, what reading that article did for me was it just it just I went on a <laughs> I went on a tear. I believe you. I went on a tear and was yes. just reading yes everything there was to to read for yes. A, yes. A, for a long time yes. for a few years there. Yes, I remember that since I was with you and I witnessed it. It was amazing. You just wanted to absorb every bit of information, and I understood that you you were to some degree catching up to what you believed or felt that you should have known yeah. by, by that age. Yeah, yeah. And and um and you know, it it got to the point where 
you know, and then and then you know we started having more and more more and more conversations, um, and and you know you you were you know in piecemeal giving me. <laughs> giving me giving me tidbits give you the bits that i believe maybe you could you should or could handle right at that time based on what you've already known yeah and you know with your age not that you yeah. know you could certain things you just could not have done right by a certain date right. or time and 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 i think um and i and i and i appreciate that and i think that is those conversations are what i want to share with other people that I think are, are are so are so interesting, and 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 one of the things as far as as far as tidbits, and like you know I I can never forget this now, but I remember, you know, um, one day you told me you were like, yeah, um, you know, and 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 that's why and that's why I don't like watching movies. That's why I don't like watching movies. That's why I don't like watching TV. It's all propaganda. And I was like. <laughs> Like, what is this guy talking about? Yes, it would it, it would yeah. sound crazy. I was like I was like what is I was like what is this guy talking about? Every every movie is propaganda. What what is what is he talking about? And then over the next month or two it's like you start I realized a little bit more attention. I'm paying more attention. I'm paying more attention to commercials and I'm just looking, I'm just observing how black people are presented in all of these situations as all the way down to a commercial mm-hmm. and 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 I just I was just like oh my god this is That's right. this is insane you know it's you're, you're always it, it, it you're always looking stupid yeah you're always looking like you don't know anything like you don't have the information you're always yep. the, the 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 comic relief yeah you always seem to you always portrayed as the clown exactly and 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 it's it's not until you really start watching and paying attention to it do you even see it it's so it can be so subtle sometimes because a lot of times it's it's, it's couched in humor yep and um specifically i think i think the point for me where i was like okay i have to find something else to do with my my, my time was <laughs> when i was watching a basic commercial mm-hmm. it was a it was a it was a, it was a car commercial mm-hmm. it was a car commercial and in that commercial you saw it was it was, it was Different, different white families at different stages of their lives were going to this dealership to get a car. So, like, you know, just out of high school, coming in, getting a car. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, another milestone, like, you know, uh, graduating college, first job, mm-hmm. first family. You know, mm-hmm. they got the baby seat. Mm-hmm. And then as you as they're getting older and older, right? Mm-hmm. And during that whole time, the only thing that changes, well, the people, the white, the white folks change in different stages. But the one thing that stayed the same was that it was always a black like uh car dealer mm-hmm. that was selling the car mm-hmm. so nothing nothing changed for that person in that role. They were a salesman for life pretty much okay, okay. you know what I mean they were salesman salesman for life and then mm-hmm. every and everything else every, every everyone else is is, is everyone that that family they're buying cars they're yes, expanding they're yes, moving yes. everything is everything is uh progressing for yeah, them subliminal and this, yeah. and, this, and and that was when i was like okay wow i see it mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. see it and wow um you know in my case for me i remember um when i was in college i'd taken you know i was doing of course engineering but of course i took a regular easy social class or something and at that time the professor Happened that he was showing us how film was used for propaganda, so that 
you know, regarding how the Soviet people at, at the time I was under Reagan, it was in the 80s, and, you know, the, you know, the administration was putting, painting a certain picture about Russia, you know, constant conflict, and the professor showed a movie about, you know, the Russian people, and just that, when I watched it, I'm like, wow, it really changed my impression of those very people that you always have been hearing terrible, bad things where Reagan said the evil empire. And all of a sudden, he, the professor was trying to convey that, how they were just regular people. And I came to understand, they're just like everyone as well. And at the time, that's when I realized for me personally, the power of movies. So that a movie could be used to make you think a particular way based on the goal of the author or the videographer to try to affect your thoughts about a particular person or issue or idea. Yeah. And 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 you know, it's it's the whole movie industry, right? So, uh you know, in terms of propaganda like I guess one of the most famous ones, one of the most famous propaganda videos is is Reefer Madness, right? I I don't know what year it came out in, but basically you know, it just showed that, you know, um, you know, smoking marijuana, it would, mm-hmm. it would mess you up and black people became violent. Yes. Uh, you know, it caused violence and all this, mm-hmm. all this chaos would ensue from, 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 from marijuana. And mm-hmm. that's how they, you know, eventually got it. You know, there was a campaign worldwide to mm-hmm. make it illegal yes. and stuff like that. But then, you know, to your point with, when you're talking about this uh, professor that you had in college where, where that said, you know, Hey, they're, they're, they're regular people too. Um, I remember I, I told I told you when I went to uh, a couple of years ago when I went to Cambodia and Thailand. You know, very few black people over there. If 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 very few black people, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was there, I was I I may have seen I may have seen one other black person in the in in the in the you know uh, eight or nine days that I was there. But I remember there was one one night in particular where I, I was out and. There's an incident that happened where I was made to feel small on the basis of my color across the world, and it like it got to me that day. It, it got to me that day when I was there, and then I and then I was just like, how is it that like how is it that I can be over here and feel this way, the way you sometimes are made to feel back home? How is it that you're being made to feel over here? And then I'm like, yeah. It's whatever, whatever propaganda, whatever information that they're getting, whatever movies, they, whatever movies, whatever they're seeing th- that they predominantly that's what, saw. That's what it is. That's going to be their impression of you, since there are some, there are not so many representatives of yeah. people who look like you. Yeah, that's what they're going to automatically believe you to be and yeah. form you to be. And that's when you realize, oh shoot, the power and the the power of movies yeah. that are being made and sold worldwide. The one thing I, you know, I started to notice more in some of the films is that, yeah, not only in addition to like having very few meaningful lines mm-hmm. and 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 roles, they're often we're often the first to to to, All to, the to die in movies, All the just time. from 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 gunshots to violence, mm-hmm. violent death, mm-hmm. and it's often very early on in the films, mm-hmm. and you're often the it's always often the first. Mm-hmm. And I remember in high school hearing like that as a joke, like you know, like you, you started to notice it, like in scary mm-hmm. movies, like why is the black person always getting killed <laughs> first, right? Yeah. But what it's what as I got older, uh, in understanding what that means, you're showing that these people are indis- are, are are disposable. They're inferior as well. 
And, and that's one of the reasons why other people understand. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Other people managed to have done something to save themselves. But that person, for whatever reason, was inferior to yeah. the point where they were not able to do what right. they needed to do to save themselves. Yeah. Always, always, always first, just dumb. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what the show always showed me was just like a a, a complete disregard for, for, for black life. Yes. In, 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 in those films. Yep. And over time, like over time, pumping that, pumping that through over decades and decades. And it becomes more, it becomes more um, poignant, poignant around the world. So that if, is being piped into every corner of the world. In that area, the less amount of black people that it has, the more propaganda value this movie has. Right. Because that's really what those local people are going to use as their guidance as far as how to think of, the, of exactly. those people. There will not be other examples or people to do to provide to them a different narrative or view or view. Exactly. Yeah. So. So it took me a second to understand that, but it was one of those it was one of those moments in my life where I, I had to like take a seat back, step back, and and kind of just figure out like why is this happening? And I think, um, I, I think I think that that's what kind of sparked a lot of um, our conversations and like my whole diving into all these different different books is is trying to now understand. Like, it's like understand. okay, I see. I see these things happening. Yes. I have a sense of why they're happening. But then let's do a deeper dive and see if I can find get some more facts. Get some into, more facts. Exactly. And, and understand and why things may be the way that's right. that they are. And by you saying you're trying to do a deeper dive to get more facts automatically says you're getting historical facts. Because whatever facts you're getting, the facts of it's not the facts of the future in that sense because they did not yet happen, and that's why I find myself you always go back to some type of history, historical facts, things that happened before, so that you could try to explain certain things that you are seeing that is happening that you may not readily have an uh, an explanation for, and that's why for me I've always been a little history-oriented because I'm trying to figure out how did this get to be that way? Why is it that way? What made it like this right now? Because we know we didn't just definitely just fall out of the sky and then, bang, we happen to be where we're at and then every people are telling us, and guess what? It's the year 2020. <laughs> no, there was a process. It went from A, B, C, D and then you find yourself and you have to constantly trying to understand and you always go back to history and I believe and that's one of the reasons why a certain group of people, such as people of more direct African ancestry, you are not taught certain history things in school. Yeah. Especially in high school when your mind is definitely ready, you're absorbing information, you're young, absorbing information like a sponge. And whereas for me, maybe it's easier for me to have really sought history and like history because... I was not born here. My parents came here. I came here when I was nine. And I have to say, I'm appreciative. I'm happy. My father was one of the people who had done a certain profession to the point where he got a visa, a full-fledged visa to come legally as a permanent 
resident from where from Haiti and I'm always appreciative of that and I there are a lot of things that I like and love and appreciate about great beautiful America yeah you know but of course there are certain things that are not necessarily all that great the more you continue to live in it and I always was trying to figure out you know where was this place, Haiti? How did I we come to be? Why did my father have to leave? Why did I have to be uprooted from all my cousins, my yeah. aunts, and my and my uncles who I thought were my fathers? And I came to Brooklyn. We were the only family there. We had no other family, and it was really a little heart wrenching mentally for me. But of course, not that my parents really knew or care how I was feeling at that time because I have no doubt they thought I was one of the lucky few yeah. that who happened to have had their parents come and get them from Haiti. And I was saying, I appreciate that. But um, in terms of history, I've always been trying to, uh, and everything leads you back to history because you didn't just, just like myself, I didn't just bang, find myself in Brooklyn and happen to be in the United States. No, there was a process. There was a process. My father would tell me all about the details. So the point that I, of course, you know, that I'm making, I'm going to give you a chance to speak. That everything leads so many times back to facts, back to historical facts. Things or facts that happened before you either were born or before you were here at your present space or spot. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think I think what you just said there is is, is very important. Um, You know, when you say that there are, um, you know, kids, um, black kids in school not learning true history right uh at a time when you know you you're, you're probably looking for it in high school um uh like you said your brain is like a sponge one of one of the one of the things that's 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 really important too is not only the history of the country and the world that you live in but your individual history right what i heard from you is that you know you were talking about you know where where you came from you mentioned that you weren't born here that you came here when you were nine mm-hmm. and that you're you know that you're that you know my grandfather you know grew uh you know was born somewhere else and 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 left that country left haiti to come here so for me i grew up my whole life i knew where i was from right i knew where my parents were from i knew uh you know where my grandparents were from I, i've been i've been to haiti i know exactly where i'm from and i think there is something um very valuable in knowing exactly where you came from and the history of that place that you came from that other people do not have that privilege and that 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 information is lost so you don't when you when when you when you grow up and having no real context of how you're here other than there's there's slavery and right. you know right. your ancestors were slaves. Yeah, it's a terrible thing mentally that knocks you immediately. Immediately, it immediately knocks you, and I could only imagine it removes your self value or worth at time for for younger people, sure. especially for younger people. By the time yeah. you're an adult, you may or you may have sorted it all out. But one of the things I always you know feel, I always feel good and remember about. When I was in Haiti, I remember so many things. Sometimes I'm a little surprised as to how I remember certain things. Because if I came here at nine, that means when I was over there, I was younger than nine. Sure. So I was 
six, seven, eight, and I understood some things when I went to elementary school there. And I remember down to the songs that were sung on their flag day at that time. And I always remember it. And you always have a sense of self. You always have a sense of self in that sense based on. And, you know, of course, the natural history of that place that happens to be called Haiti. It's not doing great right now. But the history of it is just that you come you come with that. You yeah. feel that your parents were from there. They're, they were, in that sense, troopers to have when one if one could imagine the story where you leave a place that you've known all your life, speaking of my parents, my mother yeah. my father specifically, and you going to another place thousands of miles away, namely New York, you know, like a lot of other people who have emigrated to New York. But you know, when you don't speak the language and he would be telling you he didn't even have people with whom he could come and stay. He was staying with just contacts and you coming there, you didn't speak the language and then you're trying to get a job to earn a living, of course, and then, then to send back for your family. I mean the details of it is just like at times, you know, playfully and in a fun manner, I used to say to him, Yeah, you were crazy. You were just good crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you were crazy, but you were good crazy, but you were crazy, you know, to have just done it that way. You, you know, it was I, good. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm happy you were not happy and satisfied because, yes, had you been satisfied with where you were at over there, obviously, I would have never been here myself, you right. know. But, I mean, think think about, and I and I get what you're saying when you say the good crazy, but th- think about think about what it would have to take for you to get up today, right, and leave this country go to another place that does not speak English, where you do not know, I mean, don't know the language, whatever their language is, that they don't, you don't speak their language Mm -hmm. and go try to figure it out and make it there there. as an adult. Yeah, as an adult. So where where, where learning languages is not as easy as it is. Exactly. Nowadays with all the technology that's available. Right. And then, and, 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 you know, learning, you know, like, basic the basics of 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 language in terms of like just being able to you know converse yes is different from the language that you need in order to have a job and 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 actually like be in some sort of career or profession Exactly. exactly and you know there's so much information pertaining to where one comes from even my father that of course i've lived with that as i think back and i try to understand what he's done the more you understand the more i'm in awe and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I could not have done what he did because I did not go through that lifestyle. It's not because it's the it's the environment and the requirements of life where you're living sometimes that forms you little by little, day by day. You don't just bang, become someone of great discipline and knowing everything you need to do. No, you you learning in the necessities of life around you at that time where you're at is forming you that way. And interestingly, you know, just to let you know, my father came here in New York when he was 35. Okay. I'll be, which, I'll be 35. Which you could relate because you're months. so close in age right now and yeah. you could kind of um, understand and imagine and juxtapose his compared to yours. He came at 35 years old. Of course, when he came at 35 um, in 69, he came in May 69 from what I understand, from what I got. And of course, I was born September 68. So I was born September 68. He came in May 69. I was not yet one years old. 
so forth. That's one of the reasons why, you know, once my parents left, I never knew my father. I never knew what he looked like. Yeah. And certain, you know, certain things affect people differently. So that's why you said earlier, you said, you said you, you left your aunts and uncles yeah. and uncles who. I thought they who, were my fathers. Who, who you thought they were your fathers. <laughs> yes, because. When my father left, you know, fortunately we had so many good uncles and aunts, I have to say, because uh, um, I always, when I think back, I never remembered once where, as we lived with them during the summers and they had to take care of us, I never remembered once where they complained, once where they were ticked off, once where they were upset or jealous about us. Because, I, you know, back then in the 60s, late 60s, coming to New York from... The Caribbean was a big deal. Okay. Um, people, a good number of non-white citizens from non-white countries were not allowed to come to the U.S. that way. The only reason it became that way, and I was used to wonder, I'm like, well, how did, if based on the state of the U.S. as far as races go, how come a number of so many Caribbean people, people were allowed to emigrate to New York at that time? Luckily, so in that sense, I have John, Ed, John F. Kennedy to thank. Okay, so yeah, so why is that? The reason is John F. Kennedy had helped pass a law mm-hmm. to allow citizens and people from other non-white countries to come to the U.S. Because one of the things that, as a Democrat, he believed, he said, not only people from white countries should be able to come and participate in the democracy of the United States. So once that law passed thereafter in the late 60s, then after that, a number of Caribbean immigrants were allowed to come to the U.S., also Jamaican, Trinidad, Haiti, and a number of others. So I was like, so I found that interesting. So prior to that, was the number number zero? Prior to that, it's never zero because I'm sure there were always exceptions. Right. To where they would asylum. The, the U.S. was big enough asylum. The U.S. Mm-hmm. was big enough and rich enough so that it could afford to pick the best citizens from anywhere in the world. Without a doubt, prior to that, I know they were making exceptions. If you were a doctor, you want to uproot yourself by all means. So some special, some doctors were allowed to come to the U.S. From what I understand, in the early '60s, but by the late '60s, that's when more generally, um, you know, other people with maybe other. Ex- other than exceptional uh, professions were allowed to come. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what do you? What are your thoughts then of where we are as a country today, where we're, you know, we've got immigration bans on several countries right now, um, several Muslim countries. Uh, I I I believe we're restricting uh, immigration from from other from other you know uh, non-white countries as well. Uh, but when I hear when I hear you talk about you know Grandpa coming here uh, for a better life, uh, leaving Haiti behind, sounds no different from the folks from Europe who came over here through Ellis Island. Uh, course, escaping course. the hardships there, of course, and they were all able to not all of them, but they they came over and contributed here just the same way that Grandpa and a lot of other Caribbean uh, people uh, contributed here. Mm-hmm. What are what message are we sending with 
the the, the rhetoric now uh, with you know shithole countries with, with the and banning yeah, yeah yeah current yeah, administration. Of course, you know, of course, um, what mostly the you know citizens of the U.S. could hope for, myself included, is that hopefully this is definitely uh, the days of this this administration are numbered. Hopefully, so considering we are now in um, August 2020, hopefully by November 3rd, with the next election 2020, we could uh, have another administration. Because otherwise, um, it's difficult to imagine not. I do not yet see. I do not see how, of course, this country that has a lot of issues but we still have been able to live make a living from it and uh if it were not to be i i i do understand and i do believe that uh we would not have democracy as we know it so the answer to your question is that provided that this administration is voted out in this upcoming november 3rd naturally things would be back on track to normalize and um immigration would reopen um as usual i believe yeah if, if the so the only issue that would prevent what you are asking about as it pertains to immigration and people from all over the world coming to this country to contribute what they can what they will is only being hindered by this administration once they were not to be there it, it would take some years but it would come back to normalcy Well, let let let's hope let's hope that happens because I I don't know about you but I am I I can't take any more of the daily I, I, I agree. the daily yes. chaos it's 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 just way too much I don't want to hear from the president every day you know I I I I don't want a direct access line to the president through Twitter every mm-hmm. single day that's it's, right it's 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 way too much it's the the if if you thought Washington D.C. had its issues before, I mean, it, it's almost it's just tenfold uh, yes. magnified. The, yes. the mag- has magnified the problems that we that we have here. Yes, and once they were once this administration were to be voted out, of course, uh, it would be the beginning of an attempt to restore the normalcy. And once, the, of course, one of the damage that this Trump administration has done. It's always going to be right under the cover and not too far removed continuously for a while because there will be other Republican-leaning people who would think that it would be a great and novel idea to come out and act like a Trump, whatever yeah. amount of years that it may be. Sure. And one of the things James Carville, which is uh, one of the one of the campaign um Managers who had run um, Clinton's campaign had said, "Yeah, we have to win so by so, so big a margin in November, not just to win and beat the and, and beat the this current administration, but to convince Republicans to never adopt this form of Trumpism again. In in terms of got to beat them by a landslide to show this is not okay. going to be tolerated because this is completely not civil. Even though, of course, you know." based on uh, certain projections by James Carville and so also the gentleman by the last name of Litchman, 
you know, the Democrats are slated to win, which is great. It's encouraging. But of course, I always do and understand those things could never come to fruition, not unless you know the Democrats vote huge and win by a landslide. Yeah. So pr- prior to you putting that context, right? I I've been hearing people say that you know uh, this only this only works if you know uh, you know Democrats come come out in in, in massive numbers and and make it very clear. Uh, overwhelm come out in overwhelming numbers and i had a I had a, I had a problem i have a problem with that that statement i'm on un, i'm understanding a little bit more but um as far as the other context of being able to have more seats in the house have more seats in the senate more defeats uh for um uh, more losses for the republicans and that will show them okay yeah this is this is something that's not going to be tolerated or, or mm-hmm. there are, there are re- re- repercussions. Right. But my issue with my issue with that statement is that, you know, make sure that you come out and vote overwhelmingly is that to me, if you win by 10 votes, you win by 10 votes and, and, and you should, there should be no question of whether who the next, next president is. And, and, and for me, I feel like the, the, um, uh, the 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 vote the, the 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 popular vote the votes of the people have been um, diluted ever since Gore Trump uh, Gore no Gore Gore Bush where Gore won the popular vote by five hundred thousand votes and ended up still losing the election it was based off of Florida the electoral college and you know there are debates uh, about you know getting rid of the electoral college which i which i agree that should happen but once once that happened i think it just kind of led opened up the situation for hillary clinton where now she wins by almost three million votes 2.8 million Mm -hmm. votes Mm -hmm. and still loses the election of course so 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 then so then so then how much do you need to win by in order for you for for you to now win the election. If the Republicans won by 2.8 million votes, there'd be no question that there would be no electoral college right now. Of course, of course. And um, one of the things that I believe, based on what's happening on the ground, so I, is that the the Republicans are given that advantage in that it seems that it's okay for them to cheat. So the explanation for that reason is that they are not going to be playing on a level playing field. There's going to be mega suppression, obviously. There's going to be mega poll closings and help from Russia, help from foreign countries. So that in that sense, yes, there's going to be some Democrat votes. Who knows what's going to be happening to them? So in order, with the expectation that they're going to be either changed or stolen, so therefore you have to vote overwhelmingly to make up for the ones that will be cheated out or stolen or stuffed or or cancelled in that sense. And so and it's proving that it's already understood and accepted that the Republicans will be literally, not figuratively, mm-hmm. cheating the vote. And when you say when you say accepted, why do you why do you say that? It's pretty much known and there are no different measures being taken by the Democrats or the Republicans to actually address and to reiterate that they're not going to tolerate 
the current administration to get foreign help from foreign countries, whether whatever, whether they're trying to affect people on Twitter or Facebook, there are not yet laws that are being enacted or enforced to prevent or better sustain the integrity of the vote. It's almost as if it's accepted and known that is what's going to happen, that is still happen by the Republicans, because now understandably the Republicans owe all their fortunes to Donald Trump. They, I believe, the re, obviously the reason that they did not remove Donald Trump after his impeachment is that they're, to the contrary, thanking Donald Trump, because they believe that had it not been for Donald Trump, whatever he did with the Russian help and cheating, they might not have been in power. So in that sense, they're really proving that whatever he does, they're thanking him and they're being appreciative to him because they truly believe that no, they, they're welcoming other help from whatever other power. Russia's already said, I have no doubt, to continue their disinformation and misinformation and possibly vote changing. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I think, I think the, one, the one thing about this administration that um, I, I do appreciate in some way is the unveiling of the true state of 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 the of politics in this country of where we are socially in this country um because we do we do talk a good game as 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 Americans as far as you know this being the the, the best place the best country on earth which i which i do agree i haven't lived in that many other countries in any other country but as far as opportunities i do believe that yeah this as this it is, pertains to economics as, and the ability for opportunities and jobs maybe right. possibly sure um but but what what you are seeing though is as we go around the world and we um you know tell other countries that you know they need to have fair elections and we 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 meddle in their elections and then you see what's 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 done here of course i mean at, at some point you have to you have to ask yourself is this is are things really that different here than than in than in than in other in, in other places and not that different and one of beauty th- one of the beautiful things i always find so interesting is that the the propaganda is powerful in the in the sense that if one were to spend a second thinking about it, one would realize and you'd be in shock. You'd be like, if one were to pose the question and say, was there ever a fair election ever conducted in the in the states? I would venture to say no. In by the sense that via the electoral college, it was never a one to one. One person wins the most amount of votes and that other person wins. So in that sense, it's never been a a fair vote. If it's going to be based on anything other than the popular vote, you could call it whatever you like with a beautiful name, Electoral College. You could call it... Um, you, you, it, you, sounds, it sounds prestigious. It, it sounds beautiful and prestigious. Mm-hmm. You might have chosen to call it Electoral, electoral University. <laughs> <laughs> that does not make it any more fair by the yeah. fact that if it's a system where you're basing on who won, says that the citizens, a certain amount of citizens more voted for this particular candidate, if that's not what you had based it on, um, one would have to, if one's going to be objective about it, one would have to say it was a, it was fraudulent. You could have said, well, because of the electoral university, 
that other person won, even though this person did win more votes from the citizenry. If one is going to be yeah. doing some type of independent thinking and not base it on what you've been conditioned exactly. or brainwashed to believe in, you would have to say, objectively, it's fraudulent. And by that logic, one would have to, therefore, one could pose the question, therefore say, oh, has there ever been a fair election held? The answer has to be no, because it was never based on the one who had the greater amount of votes to win. If it were based on electrical college, electoral university, given any fancy name you wish, and you twist it around, you take the popular vote, you put it in the machine, and it churns out, and then it comes out, it gives you the electoral university equivalent, it was still fraudulent. Yeah. Yeah, it's um that was one of the things in, in, in school I just remember learning about the electoral college. When we got to when we got there, there was just always so much confusion for me. Exactly. And and, and other people. I mean, it, it was just like what is the so it's like, okay, based on the you know, the the, the population in, 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 in this state they get this many delegates uh, de- delegates they'll get this and, amount of delegates and, and, and whatever and those delegates thereafter would therefore be entrusted to form that electoral college for that particular state right. and thereafter be trusted to cast their votes right. for sure and 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 what I what I was what you're taught is that they are supposed to vote the way the state voted right but they don't have to exactly what is that that's the thing so if they don't actually have to vote in the same way that that state votes yes and each in each electoral college voter that vote carries a lot of weight so if you can if you can say okay yeah i know uh i know you we, voted we, for we, x yeah we, but we voted for we're x, deciding but we're gonna vote for y i think i want to vote for y and then you cast your vote for exactly y. what the hell happens to your vote exactly and the reason for that without a doubt we the reason for that is that just in case there needs to be a certain amount of shenanigans and shifting. There always has to be room left for that. <laughs> That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Otherwise, why complicate it? Otherwise, you have to let it remain a linear relationship. More votes, you win. Less votes, you lose. Once you modify it through whatever other calculation or equation or special Electoral college or electrical, you know, call it a beautiful name you might, the most beautiful name you could think of. And in the end, what it spits out? Fraud. <laughs> That's what it spits yeah. out, fraud. Yeah, I, I think I think it's probably time I, I, I do, uh, do a deeper dive in the electoral college because I, 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 I genuinely still don't know, understand the purpose of it and That's the how, idea. How, how it came to be. That's the idea. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's the idea, and that's also where I'm at to make the point says that one should not have needed to do a deeper dive right. into understanding that, okay, 500 out of 1,000 citizens, 1,000 citizens decided and were interested and went to exercise their right to vote in a particular country or republic. Yeah. If one side voted, if 501 citizens of that country voted for candidate X, Candidate X is supposed to win. Yeah. 
plain and simple. It should be that basic. Yeah. If it's any more complicated than that, then it gets a big F. Yeah. And the the F stands for fraud. <laughs> it all goes it always goes back to fraud. It comes back for fraud. Yeah. If it cannot be understood in terms of regular straight vote, respectfully, it's called it gets a, it gets an F. It right. gets an F for fraud. Okay, so if it gets an F for fraud, so then y- y- using your using your grading um, your grading mechanism here, so uh, if if that gets an F for fraud, when you when you tie in um, removing um, U.S. mailboxes from the streets so that there are less places to put your absentee ballot. <laughs> Hold on. That's an interesting Right? If you, if, you, if you remove those, you change the postmaster, you completely change up the whole process of the postal service uh, to, to uh, you know, make mail-in voting more difficult, and you add cheating, what what grading scale do you use? <laughs> what grading that? scale do you use? Well, this one... The grading cell is a little off the charts because you heard a lot of BS. This one is VS for voter suppression. It's just amounting to that. Yeah. It's amounting to voter suppression, and that's the beauty about it. The things that are going to stack up to make up for the number of votes that we would be losing as Democrats because it's going to cancel out a lot of votes. It's going to cancel out. Of, they're cheating in every in terms of everything. And, I mean, I have to say the suppression of the bail it's a little novel. I didn't think that they actually be able to have the guts or the wherewithal or the nerve to actually advertise that and actually do it. It should have been illegal. Sure, you should not have been able to tamp. You should not have been able to tamper with the flow of the mail as a federal official, yeah. whether you're the president or not. How could it be allowed to be legal? How how can it? How come it's not illegal? You know, and that's that. I think this is one of the things that, that this question has been brought up so many times over the last four years where something crazy happens and removing mailboxes off the street is a crazy thing to do right so when these things happen you you wonder well how how how, how is this how is this legal when and I, and I don't want to take us too far off course here but there are a lot of things that i sure uh, i surely thought you could not do that I'm seeing this administration do with no repercussions. For example, I always thought if Congress requested or subpoenaed you to come you had to show up. That you had to show up. I didn't know I didn't know you had the option to not. And I didn't know that there were no consequences if you didn't. Right now I'm going to venture to say that there are consequences if you are a Democrat. Uh-huh. It's just that the Republicans, for whatever reason, they seem to always get a pass. I'm going to venture to say that because um, if Congress sup- um, subpoenas you, there is a consequence. They they have the option of putting you in jail. For whatever reason, you know, that for whatever reason, I don't know if the Democrats, Nadler, and other officials of his ilk are either afraid to actually follow through. Maybe they do have too much heat from Twitter. I do not know. But they have that ability to do that. If they subpoena you and you do not show up, Congress can jail you. They could send a Capitol Police to get you. 
that's what I understand. They can. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess, like you said, I guess it's reserved for a lot of things. You'd be surprised. A lot of things um, Republicans do, and they do get away with it. They do, and they do get away with it for whatever reason. As if uh, that's what I'm going to venture to say for now, without sure all the facts, of course, to, yeah. to back that up. Yeah, and I and I think and I think you know um, as we as we continue to to do this podcast and and and, and talk about different topics. We'll, we'll spend more time talking on about some of these issues that I think garner their own episode of course. In, in, entirely Absolutely. To, to to discuss because Absolutely. Um, there are, there are a number of things here right so when we, when we're talking about you know um, you know the Republicans getting a pass it's like yeah right now they are for sure getting a pass because they 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 control so much of the, the government as as in the executive branch. And the and the Senate, where, you know, Congress can. That's one aspect, but they also seem to have because right now the Republicans control, of course, uh, you know, the Senate and the White House. And but the other aspect with the Republican Senate, if a good number of their backers uh-huh. seem to think or feel more entitled by way of their. Billions and billions and billions. They are, that seems to be, and they seem to have louder voices for whatever reason. They, you know, that's also one of the reasons why the Republicans tend to seem to have seem more entitled and get away with things, especially with the Tea Party like people with louder voices and their billions and billions of uh, donors and supporters. Because um, they they get away with far more things than Democrats can. Sure, and I, I and I, but I think. Getting away with it in in Washington D.C. right now is happening because they control the Senate and the executive branch. Meaning that, like, the, the House is Democratic right now, right? There are a number of laws and 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 um, that they've that they've that they've passed in the House that are in the Senate, just sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk, not. Mm-hmm. And that will never move mm-hmm. because they run that branch, and it's like you there's supposed to be this checks and balances that is clearly off right now, and what 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 do you do when what do you do when you have two branches of government that are conspiring together mhm exactly, yeah, I don't know that. I, I I don't know where I don't know where the 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 the, the safety valve is. Yeah, that's why in, 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 in the Constitution, but yeah, yeah, it's problematic. Yeah, that's when you you reach gridlock, and of course, you know, a number of the Americans they like to say, uh, "We like divided government, divided government." Yeah, sure. And after you get gridlock, nothing gets and done. Nothing gets done. You know. Yeah. So, we, you know, we we, you know, this is this is this is the first this is the first episode. Um, and now I'm just talking to you right now, and, mm-hmm. and we can always you know, cut cut things and move things mm-hmm. around. Um, I think this is a good place to kind of call it. Okay. I don't know what what, what you're thinking. That's up to you. You're the director. Well, okay. I'm I'm, I'm thinking that because five more minutes. Sure. I, I I'm I'm only saying that because you know we 
for the next for the next one we will choose topic choose a topic have a structure develop have, that have, have mm-hmm. more of a structure mm-hmm. beef it out a little bit mm-hmm. put some put some meat on the bones mm-hmm. so that we were specifically talking about uh, specific topics. A topic with the, details. They can, you know, the re- exactly with details, mm-hmm. sources, mm-hmm. Uh, things that people can can go back and mm-hmm. and, and look things up on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the way we talked about. I think it's important to bring some of our life experiences to. Of course. So I, when you're talking course. about grandpa, I thought that was, that, that was a great reader. Of course. The listener will get to know us. They need to get over, to know you. Over, what's your over, background? Over, over, over time. Yeah, who, what's your background? Who, who, who are, are you? Who are these people? Yeah, what did you do? Where do you right. come from? Why do you get to talk to me? Yeah, why you? Why, yeah, why should exactly. I? Why should, why I, should listen I listen to you? to you? Yeah. Why should yeah. I listen to you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I what know. do you do? What do you right. know? What do you do? Right. <laughs> I'm interested in, you know, sharing sharing the little bit of information that I that I know, um, in, engaging. Um, with with any listeners who who, mm-hmm. who who may who may who may uh who may be out there find it of interest and and find it interesting mm-hmm. uh where we can you know bounce ideas off yes. of and 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 learn from each other yes uh, yes and, absolutely uh, the the way i the way i learned from you that's so, right um and um you know that's what i'm hoping as well so that uh, you know different people from different backgrounds may find the information useful and interesting or not so useful and interesting which is perfectly okay um the idea would be hopefully um especially i believe um younger people who may not have had the time to have done a lot of research as it pertains to history um such that i have been able to do out of pure interest, out of just interest and wonderment, so that if one were to be within earshot and some information could have saved you the time or the research to come to get that information. Right. Because one of the things that I would like to believe that I am doing is that I'm going to be truthful about the information and the history that I know. If I do not know it, I'm not going to say that I claim that I know it or understand sure. it. And there are certain things that I've come to understand it would take you so much time to come to understand says that if one were to by one saying one word for example say if they were to just say religion what do you think about that now that's something that's going to take you about five years of discussion yeah <laughs> you know it's just certain things like that and it'll take you a lot of years to come to understand objectively without any bias or bs or lies right and a number of people who are out there as it pertains to that they would be talking about certain things that, in my opinion, that they do not know or have not mastered and do not know about. And one of the things I'd like to believe is that if you do not know something or know it or understand it, don't say that you know it. Right. And that's really where I'm at with a lot of people when if people were to come and ask that huge, big question and say, okay, where do we come from? I'm just, just to start, sure, I won't sure. continue on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that. One would, and then you say one who supposedly is very knowledgeable now would take their seat and get ready to try to explain to another person, how did we come to be? Where did we come from? The first thing in reality, in my opinion, that person is supposed to say to you, yeah, how the heck am I supposed to know? I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, certain things that you don't know is that you got to concede and admit and understand is beyond your pay grade in terms of uh, what humans will ever be able to know sure um 
I I think that is a good place for us uh, because uh, it it leaves a good starting point for, I think, the next episode is to maybe talk a little bit about um, about about religion. um, And uh, and and maybe we start off with, uh, you know, where where, where do we come from? And um, with that, you know, um, you know, thank you for listening. I I hope uh, I hope, you know, uh, some of this was uh, informative to you. Uh, we will continue to um, work work on this to uh, uh, refine it, refine it uh, in, in in a way that's uh, more more digestible um, than 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 this. But uh, we'll be back again next week, and um, looking forward to uh, another another discussion. Um, this has been uh, between my uncle and me. Again, I'm Alex. Super, and I'm Luke, and it's been a pleasure.